Carson in left side to the middle. What a move by Philip Forsberg. One of the best from Scoresburg. It's the podcast that loves the hockey team you love. Saro stops him with the blocker. This is the Predators official podcast with Kara Hammer and Max Herz. For the empty net and hits it on a bounce. On 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. Welcome into the Predators official podcast. It is the first day of December, and Max, the boys are 6-1 since we last recorded. Uh, two players off to the best starts of their career. We've had good hockey here in Nashville. It's been a lot of fun, Kara. Six-game win streak came to an end, unfortunately, last night, but while it was rolling, tied for the fifth longest in team history to get the team back to 500, and it was a really fun couple of weeks, almost all on home ice, too. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me in these uh, six wins, I wish we were recording this on the last day of November because we would have came in 6-0, and and I would have been full of confidence in this podcast. <laughs> but, Max, one word that really stood out to me was that the players were showing maturity on the ice, and this is a young roster and Ryan O'Reilly told me this in the overtime win with Philip Forsberg scored with 14 seconds into overtime. And he came out and I said, tell me about that game. And he said, we showed maturity and we are starting to see the guys build off of that. Well, they won in so many different ways, too. It started two Saturday afternoons ago against the Blackhawks. Predators had lost five in a row, turned it around in a major way with uh, Kevin Lankin in revenge win in goal against his former team. I mean, that may have been the best win of the streak just because it was the Blackhawks, but then it just kept going and they kept winning in different ways. Monday, November 20th to start Thanksgiving week against the Avalanche. Preds were down 3-2 with a minute left. Philip Forsberg ties it with 37 seconds to go, and then Yakov Trenin wins it in regulation with 21 seconds to go. That was a bonkers ending to win two of six straight. I'm trying to think of what was my favorite win in in this last stretch of games, okay, you reminded me the Avalanche. How many how many seconds were left when when Phil and Yakov scored? It was under a minute. Thirty seven point seven for the game tying goal by Philip Forsberg, six on five. Then on the next shift, Kale McCarr to Yusuf Parsonen to Cole Smith to Yakov Trenin with twenty one point six seconds to go to win it in regulation. And Alexander Georgiev, who did not play another second in that game left Smashville with two fewer goalie sticks than he showed up with. <laughs> uh, also, two really, really big wins over Calgary and Winnipeg. I know that going into those, Bruno said he did not like the way the team played when they were in Canada, and he wanted to see a response from the guys, and it was a major turnaround when we faced them on home ice. Yeah, absolutely. Two teams that the Predators felt like they owed, that they played poorly against, like you said, Kara, and road games against them. Predators came out, got a shorthanded goal to start that game from Colton Sissons against the Flames. Philip Forsberg just kept on scoring. Predators beat the Flames 4-2 with an empty netter. And the Jets, that's a tough, tough team. 3-2 win on home ice. There were so many goals scored in the St. Louis game. The Predators win 8-3 in that victory. I think every single player, minus Roman Yossi, had a point in that game. But then what happens? The captain comes back on home ice. He has two goals. I mean, just a a great night. Yeah, Yossi in on all three of the Preds goals in a 3-2 win over the Jets this past Sunday, November the 26th. And everybody was going. 
everybody was going in that game in St. Louis. Predators drop an eight spot on the Blues, an 8-3 win on Black Friday afternoon. This one was a rout from the get-go, and the Predators never let up. Philip Forsberg and Luke Evangelista each had two goals and an assist. It was Evangelista's third career three-point game, still in his first year in the NHL here. Win four of six in a row was just so well-rounded. Kiefer Sherwood had a career-high three points, his first three-point game as an NHLer. And Kevin Lankinen got back in there with 36 big saves against the Blues. Yeah, it was a blowout, Kara, 8-3, but it wasn't like the Blues didn't have chances. And the high note of the night, I'll say as they beat the Blue Notes, was Ryan O'Reilly's return to St. Louis, where he is beloved, was traded away at the trade deadline, former captain there, Stanley Cup champion there, Conn Smythe winner in 2019, and the fact that he got a power play goal in his return to STL, and you could tell he was fired up. <laughs> I love it. You know, you think about he won a Stanley Cup, but back here in Nashville, Max, he was asked about playing on his line with Philip Forsberg and uh, Gus Nyquist, and he said it's the most fun he's ever had playing hockey. More fun than winning a Stanley Cup. I don't know. That's Maybe not more fun than winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, we'll take him at his word. Why but things not? are going well. Things yeah. are going so well for the team. They come back. They have a big win against Winnipeg. They have an overtime win against the Penguins. We just talked about it. Philip Forsberg, 14 seconds into overtime. Uh, and then, womp, womp, womp. It all came crashing down with a loss to the Wild, 6-1 on Thursday night. So, uh bound to happen. Andrew Burnett says you play six great ones in a row. A game like that can happen, but you would never want it to be that lopsided. And uh, the Predators were really unhappy with a dirty hit by Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov in the first period of that game that knocked Alex Carrier out. And he will officially be out week to week is the team's injury timetable for Carrier. We should also mention John Hines, former Predators head coach, named the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. So you knew that that was going to be a hungry team coming in. They showed a lot of energy. Um, I was a, a little surprised, though, at, at the Preds really didn't have a lot of identity to their game from the jump. Yeah, certainly a forgettable one. And we've got one more home game at the time of this recording to finish out a four-game home week. That will be on Saturday, December 2nd at 3.30 midday puck drop as the Predators host the New York Rangers, who we've already beaten once this year up at Madison Square Garden. Then two road games at Buffalo on Sunday night, December 3rd at 6 p.m. Tuesday night in Chicago against the Blackhawks at 7.30. Then back home for one home game on Thursday, December the 7th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So hope to see you at Bridgestone Arena either Saturday midday or Thursday night for the Rangers and the Bolts, two Eastern Conference teams coming in. So Caro, six wins in a row. What a streak it was. Predators get back to 500. They are now 11-11 and 11 on the season at time of this recording here on Friday, December 1st. What are some of your favorite moments and some of your favorite performances from that two-week run? Well, I, I think, you know, this is that joke. They're going streaking. Gus Nyquist, <laughs> nine-game point streak. Uh, he's off to the best start of his career. But what about Philip Forsberg in the month of November? 19 points in 12 games. He was tied for the most points in franchise history during the month of November alone. He had four multi-goal games, and he's off to 27 points this season. So for me, Max, the thing that's standing out the most is Philip Forsberg. Kara, I'd say my favorite moment of the streak, Philip Forsberg's overtime goal against the Penguins. 
14 seconds into OT. Penguins never touch the puck. Ryan O'Reilly wins the draw. Roman Yossi brings it back. Ryan O'Reilly ties up Eric Carlson and Sidney Crosby trying to tag up on the blue line. And you might want to guard Philip Forsberg in OT. Right, Hal Gill? Did I mention Philip Forsberg was hot? Yes, you did. But it deserves repeating. Hey, I should, it's worth, worth saying again. He is hot right now. 11 goal November for Phil. He's hot. I loved his interview. First star after that overtime goal. And I said, what did you see out there? And he said, wide open space. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Ryan O'Reilly corrals two of the best players in the NHL. Philip Forsberg puts the Penguins to bed. After big, sexy Michael McCarron had the two in regulation, Philip Forsberg put him on his back, and Ryan O'Reilly literally put him on his shoulders in overtime, racking up Penguins at the blue line. Forsberg tied for the NHL lead with 11 goals in 13 games in the month of November, tied with Brock Besser from the Canucks there. And Nyquist's point streak unfortunately came to an end in the loss to the Wild, who uh, a lot of people forget, including me, was his most recent former team. He was on the Wild for a couple weeks at the end of the season last year. But Nyquist had two goals and nine assists in a nine-game point streak. He just continues to make those quiet little plays that make goals and scoring chances happen. I feel like uh, this is a a time where so many players are contributing. Uh, You know, I think one thing about the Preds, in years past was one or two lines are going. But, Max, I feel like this is a team where all four lines are rolling. But one thing we've seen lately is Bruno has been skating 11 forwards and 7D man, and it's paying off. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch for three games, and it coincided with the return of Luke Shen from injury and will probably come to an end after Alex Carrier's injury and the loss against the Wild. But it was fun to see because everybody was playing with everybody. There weren't true deep pairs for the most part. In the first game that they did it, when Luke Shen returned to the lineup against the Jets on Sunday night, I counted nine different deep pairs on the first nine shifts of the game for the Preds and 12 deep pairs used in the game. As Pete Weber say, this lineup is one where you go through three to four markers a night. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, It certainly was. And Ryan McDonough returned for the second win of the streak against the Flames. Great to have him back from injury after he missed seven games, blocking a shot in early November against the Kraken. McDonough's been really good, playing primarily with Roman Yossi. And again, they've mixed it up a little bit, but that's the Preds' top pair right now. And McDonough was in on some big goals, too. He had four assists in his first three games back. Uh, McDonough's back. I feel like he's the guy that... when he wasn't in the lineup, his presence was missing. He he brings the veteran leadership. He brings the scoring. He brings the defensive uh, attitude. He He's all of the above. But what were your thoughts on Luke Shen in his game back when he dropped the gloves, his first fight in a Nashville Predators jersey? He got Marcus Foligno good. And that's not an easy dude to get good. So he went after their toughest guy. He knocked him down. He cross-checked him to the ground. Then dropped the mitts with him, and the Preds were really unhappy with the hit by Kaprizov on Alex Carrier and let the world know about it, both through their actions at the end of the first period and after the game. Preds dressed seven defensemen for the game, as you said, Kara. Carrier was hurt. Four of them were in the box at the end of the first period. Shen for the fight, Roman Yossi for a uh, non-physical violation. Then Jeremy Lozon and Dante Fabro in a four-on-five all-out war 
on the Preds PK, trying to get back at Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. And I would say Lozon got him pretty good defending his buddy Alex Carrier. He went for Kaprizov. Quebecois have each other's backs. Those guys are best friends. They've been playing together. Jeremy Lozon protecting Alex Carrier after Kaprizov knocked him out. Yeah. Shen had a heavyweight. Uh, that was a heavyweight tilt. Did you see the hit he had on Freddie Gaudreau? Right in front of the bench? He he almost broke Freddie G in half. And my 2017 Stanley Cup memories of Freddie G did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he rocked him. And uh, I know you said going into our first game against the Lightning, way back on opening night in October, which Pred is going to fight Tanner Janot? And I predicted Luke Shen. That ended up being Shen's only game with the Preds before he was hurt in practice the next day. Finally got back last week. Tanner Janot coming in this week. Preds have been dropping the gloves like crazy lately. McCarron, Lausanne, and now Shen have been fighting up a storm. Is it going to be a double revenge fight? Tanner Janot, formerly of the Nashville Predators, against Luke Shen, formerly of the Tampa Bay Bolts? <gasps> da, 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 da. I don't know, but now I'm going to be on the edge of my seat waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, hey, we're all in the business of calling fights here. So Predators won six in a row before that loss to the Wild. Shooting up the standings. Back in a playoff spot even for one of those nights. We're a long way away from thinking about that. 25% of the way through the season. But thanks to everybody who came out to Bridgestone Arena for this slew of home games around Thanksgiving. Nine out of ten at home. Predators playing well. And we are getting ready to talk to an underrated member of the Nashville Predators hockey staff. She is Vicki Woosley. She is the Predators Director of Performance Psychology and Team Behavioral Health Clinician. She's a psychologist who works in sports, and we are so excited to have her on coming up next. She's Kara Hammer from Preds TV. I'm Max Hers from Preds Radio. This is the Predators official podcast here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Max Herz and Kara Hammer, your hosts, getting set to be joined by a very special guest. Vicki Woosley is the Predators Director of Performance Psychology and Team Behavioral Health Clinician. That is her formal title. She is a psychologist who works in the sports world and works very closely with the Predators, is with them every day, has been for three years. And Kara, we have been wanting to interview Vicky for a long, long time. Okay, Max. Vicky is, to me, the epitome of a Southern lady. She is so classy. She is so put together. She is so kind. Every time you're done speaking with her, you feel better about yourself because she seems to care. But I'm going to read you a quote about her that I just read in an article. And you'll think about this while we're doing the interview, okay? All right. I was searched one time while I was wearing a wire, and that was a sobering situation. She said they did not find the wire. I had to talk my way out of it. And on that cliffhanger, we interview Vicki Woosley. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. This has been an interview years in the making. Brooks Bratton always wanted to have you on the POP. And Kara and I are finally able to get you, so thank you so much for joining us. If you could please, Vicki... Tell everyone who's listening what your role is with the team and what exactly that means and entails. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in working with individuals in high-performance-based environments. 
and that can be anything from athletes to CEOs and really basically any of us because most of us are in a relationship with other people, and many times it's based on performance. So that's what I do. Vicki, I'm reading an article about you, and, and you were quoted as saying, as I tell the players, if the six and a half inches between your ears is not okay, the rest doesn't matter. Can you tell us how you even got into this role of being a part of the Nashville Predators? Sure. Um, I really got into it when I wrote my dissertation in graduate school. I was really interested in how anxiety um, and or depression um, worked hand in hand or were they totally separate things and wanted to study anxiety. And so that really led me to how do people in high performance jobs or relationships, how do they perform, even if they have anxiety? And one thing we know is people are generally, if they have high anxiety, they're not attracted to high-performance occupations like a fireman or police officer. And in my case, I was an FBI agent. And so I studied how anxiety impacts performance on shooting skills. Okay, let's go back to that, Vicki, because you just asked my next question. You spent 21 years as an FBI special agent. How does this even happen? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, that's a good question. And um, I would say that um, they, they found me. And it just seems, and I always tell athletes, jump, the net will appear. And I will also tell them you have to operate outside your comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. And so for me, um, working in law enforcement was never something I would have in my wildest dreams imagined. Um, But it turned out to be a wonderful career, and I was really happy to be in the service industry and serving my country. Predators Director of Performance Psychology and Team Behavioral Health Clinician Vicki Woosley is our guest here on the Predators Official Podcast. And, and Vicki, after your time with the FBI comes to an end, you become a sports psychologist at Vanderbilt for Vanderbilt Athletics. That brings you to Nashville. What attracted you to the sports world in that next step? I think what attracted me, as I said, was my my background and looking at anxiety and how it impacts our performance in anything we do. I think most of us, you know, what I know now is that we all have anxiety. It's one of sort of the oldest things that we know about the brain goes back to caveman and the fight or flight. And thank goodness these days, I don't think most of us have to worry about a saber-toothed tiger coming in the room. <laughs> there are certain things that we might, that might make us anxious. For some of us, it may be, oh my gosh, I have to give a speech. Oh my gosh, I have to be on a podcast with Max and Kara. <laughs> and, and noticing how physiologically that feels in your body. And to know that there are ways to cope with that. And I believe that sometimes it takes courage, which then leads to confidence. And, and I think that for all of us, we do have to find that. And 
when we're little, I, I love the example of when you're watching a toddler learn to walk and they fall down. And the first thing they do is pull themselves back up. And I think where in our lives do we lose that ability or no longer think, I can't pull myself up? Beautiful thing to be able to do is pull yourself up. I know I'm going to get knocked down. That's not debatable. What I really want to know that gives me confidence is that, okay, if I'm knocked down, I'm going to go, okay, now what? And I'm going to find some way to pull myself up. Sometimes there is a saber-toothed tiger in the room when Nash is around. <laughs> I know everybody out there is thinking it. But yes, it's just one sometimes. of the many great things about Smashville. And after over a decade working at Vandy, you make the move from the role in college sports to the role in professional sports. When and how did you join the Predators, Vicki? Um, it was during COVID, and which was a strange time for, for everyone. And like most universities, Vanderbilt had shut down. My work didn't shut down, but the Predators um, approached me about they were wanting to start a, a, some sort of wellness program. And they asked me, you know, how I would set it up, what I had done at Vanderbilt, that sort of thing. And then it just evolved, and they offered me a position. And I thought I need to take my own advice, jump and the net will appear. So I jumped. I know, Vicki, that what you do is, uh, you, you know, privilege and you want to be private. But both Mark Borowiecki and Connor Ingram have been very public in their relationship with you and how you have helped them. What does it mean for you to be able to help these guys hopefully overcome some of the challenges that they're going through? I consider it an honor and a privilege, and I believe that their voices are going to be more powerful than mine will ever be. They are testimonies to people that have taken command of their own mental health, and I think that's the beauty. Yes, everything I do with my clients is confidential, and that gives me credibility, but it also feels really good when you have people like Connor, people like Mark, to speak up on the behalf of mental health and encourage other people. Because I know working in teams that that's how they get information. They share information. And so to me, that's the greatest witness to the work that I do or any of my colleagues do in pro sports. Vicki Woosley is our guest. She is the Predators Director of Performance Psychology and Team Behavioral Health Clinician and has been, as she said, for three years now. Vicki, what is your kind of day-to-day like being with the team, traveling with the team? How often are you speaking to players in kind of organized sessions or how frequently do you speak with some players and just kind of your schedule in terms of who you're helping and when on a day-to-day, game-to-game basis? One of my favorite things about my schedule is I have no schedule. <laughs> and, and that is that no two days are the same. Pretty much if the athletes are at the arena, then I'm at the arena. Um, I have a very sort of organic approach in that when I first went there, I knew the main objective for me would be to establish relationships with the players. They don't know me. 
and they had not had anyone like me before. So it was it was a way for me to get comfortable around them and for them to be comfortable with me. Um, I think that's the most important thing is I'm visible. And, you know, some days um, in the training room, in the gym, you know, guys, it's easy for guys to maybe just come by and just maybe ask me a question or we talk for two minutes. Other guys may need a more formalized session, which can be an hour or however long they might need. So really the beauty of what I do is I don't have to say to somebody, if I would in a regular practice, okay, your 45 minutes is about up. Let's wrap it up. You know, I can, I have the luxury of letting them talk until they're done. And I think that's a real, that's a real gift. Vicki, I have to go back to the time when you served as as an FBI special agent, and I've been curious about this. Was your role public, or were you undercover? (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of, mostly, um, it was covert. Um, You know, after 21 years, um, you know, I had the opportunity to do a lot of really great things. And like I said, it was a privilege, but I did work. The majority of my years were spent undercover. Yes. How crazy is that, Max? How special is that? Can we get some stories, Vicky? I know you get asked all the time, but whatever you'd like to share or anything, I don't know, anything that you think would surprise people? Well, as the saying goes, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. That's awesome. Well, you always you always get credit both in the Predators media publications and in an article about you on NashvillePredators.com over the summer for being a part of the Unabomber investigation. I feel like that gets the headlines, but you did so many different things, it seems like, in your time there. Like, it's it's never just – it's the same as you said right now. It's never just one thing, I'd imagine. No, it was um, – every day was different. You know, I think that's why I can identify so much with players is because people are like, oh, my gosh, the schedule is like crazy. And to me, it's not so crazy because it's not so different. You know, you might have plans one morning to get up and go to the office and do paperwork or whatever. But then your supervisor calls and says, we need to go out and arrest somebody. So your whole day just disappears as your own. And so for me with the organization, I may think, oh, I'm going to go in today and try to touch base with these two players or whatever. And you get there and there's one player in particular that that needs all of your attention. And so that sort of thing does not really bother me. Um, I think that, you know, it, it begins with me knowing myself and know that I'm able to do that. You know, it's a commitment to travel with the team, but I feel like it's also a necessary one. I have to go and see what they actually do to have a really good understanding of what what they might be talking to me about. You know, when you get in at 2 o'clock in the morning and the next day you have to practice at 10 or whatever it is, you know, I'm experiencing the same thing. However, I'm not putting on skates. <laughs> <laughs> Vicki Woosley is our guest. She's the Predators team behavioral health clinician. 
Vicky, do you know how many NHL teams have someone in a role like yours or similar to yours? Um, I don't. There are not very many. I think it's increasing, which is very encouraging. Um, there are a couple of teams that I know of, and I have a couple of colleagues that I can reach out to. Um, but each team in the NHL is set up so different um, organizationally. And so some of the teams contract someone, some of, but not many of them have them are doing the model that I'm doing, which is embedded in the team. So we'll give you a chance here to make the sales pitch. How does what you do help the team win and just perform better big picture, both in life and in hockey for the individuals you help? What a great question. I I think that just having somebody available, I think the attention it gives to mental health and wellness, a.k.a. performance, um, as Kara said, if your head is not right, the rest doesn't really matter. And so the more well and ready that I can help the athletes be, the better they're going to perform. I think that goes for all of us in, in whatever we're doing and every day. If you feel like you are well prepared, you're likely going to perform better instead of feeling like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't sleep enough. I didn't eat right. We all had those moments probably in college where we went to take that test and we were like, you know, maybe I should have not gone out last night and maybe I should have studied because you look at the exam paper and then you look at the clock and you feel like the clock's going backwards and you're frantically trying to find a page on the test that you know an answer versus if you've studied really hard, you know where all the answers are in your notebook and you go sit down and you start taking the test. And that's why I said, I think courage, having the courage to show up, I think having the courage to try is a remarkable thing, even at the pro level. These people were elite athletes before they got to the pro level. Um, talent got them to where they are. Hard work and effort is going to keep them where they are. And so keeping, helping them to stay focused on getting better, I always tell them I want you to see if you can get 1% better every day. If I tell you I need you to be, you know, 50% better by the end of the week, that's overwhelming for any of us. But if I say, how about 1% better? Yeah, I can probably be 1% better, you know, and, and I think that's my general philosophy. Well, Vicki, we just want to appreciate you. Say thank you, and we appreciate you. And I think coming off of that, Max, like we just have to be 1% better because I tell Vicki this all the time. She is my favorite person in the organization. She's the most fascinating woman in the world to me. By far. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Vicki. That was amazing. Oh, well, thank you both. I really appreciate the opportunity. Anything to increase awareness of mental health and general wellness, I think, I, I always need to take the opportunity to do that. So many incredible thoughts from Vicki Woosley, who in layman's terms is the Predators sports psychologist, although she says she would term it as a clinical psychologist who specializes in sports and high performance. Her official title with the team is Predators Director of Performance Psychology and Team Behavioral Health Clinician. 
There are a lot of ways to explain it. She does so much more than we could ever explain in one simple title. And as everybody who listened to that just heard, Kara, what an unbelievably interesting life Vicky has had and what incredible work she does. I love how much she's had an impact on the players. You know, for us, Max, they're professional athletes. They play in the NHL. There's so much stigma around these guys to just go out and perform. But yet, on the flip side, their fathers, their their husbands, you know, they're people just like us. And Vicky is there to help them navigate times and especially to come in during a COVID season when kind of the whole world was being shook up. Yeah, what a time to to join the professional sports world for her. And in our observation, Kara, we get to see Vicky around all the time. She's there every moment the players are there, as she said, just not skating. But oftentimes on the road, she is in the general manager's box during games. And she is speaking to players before games, after games, in the team hotel, having meals with them, things like that. I am confident in saying that every single Predators player who's been on the team in the time Vicky has been employed has been helped by her. Right. I love her her last comment of just being 1% better. It just makes so much sense. So we're just going to try and get 1% better every podcast, right? 1% better. That's all we can hope for. Well, it had been two weeks since our last episode, so maybe 2% better this week? Or are we aiming too high? I think 1%. She said don't aim too high. 50%. That's too much during the week. 1% better, but... I guess we can make it too since we took last Friday off. And I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. And Max, I know that you have a Vicky story. Yes, my uh, personal experience with Vicky uh, trying to get me to have a session <laughs> because she looked over my shoulder at my much maligned notebook of scribble from all of the games when I host the pregame and postgame show. And uh, I've been chirped by many people for my awful handwriting and writing down way too much and having... Uh, what would kindly be termed as doctor's handwriting, but I can read it. Apparently nobody else can, but I can read it. And Willie and Hal were, were making fun of me for it before a morning skate or before an interview after a morning skate at a game within the last month or so. And Vicky walks by and hears it and takes a look and she goes, let's get you scheduled for a session, Max. <laughs> she knows. Well, let's get off the topic of me being questioned for crimes I didn't commit and come back with more Predators official podcast coming up next. Plenty going on in Smashville as we head towards the Christmas season. She's Kara Hammer. I'm Max Herz. Thanks again to Vicki Woosley for joining us here on the POP on NashvillePredators.com and 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. My name is Max Hurst from Preds Radio along with Kara Hammer from Preds TV. A classic, the Baja Men. Who let the dogs out? And the answer today is your Nashville Predators let the dogs out. Because the 2024 Preds and Pups calendar from Wags and Walks Nashville is available right now. They are $20 each. That's a charitable donation to the Preds Foundation and the great folks at Wags and Walks Animal Shelter here in Smashville in conjunction with UC Soros and the whole Predators team. You can get one for $20 each. You can get it in person at any home game at the foundation table behind Section 107 on the main concourse, 
Or you can buy one online, get it shipped for $8 on NashvillePredators.com slash calendar. And we have seen some adorable pictures on the scoreboard of Tyson Berry and Alex Carrier getting their faces licked by some adorable, adoptable pups from Wags and Walks. We've got the highlights for you. I've picked out three pages from the calendar of Preds players and dogs that I absolutely love. We're going to start with Luke Evangelista, who is holding Boo, oh, Boo. who is adorable, and Boo is nuzzling the left side of his adorable little face up against Luke Evangelista's chest and is presumably never moving from that position. I just have to go back to Vicky Woosley saying be 1% better, and I feel like our intro song to that calendar of puppies, <laughs> that was at least 100% better than anything we've ever done on this podcast, Max. We nailed it. Baby steps and baby dogs also. Our next highlight, Luke Shen holding two puppies who look like they're from the same litter. That's a cute photo. Their names are Cranberry and Casserole. Stop it. Just in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And Luke Shen is double fisting Cranberry and Casserole. They are quite small and fit in his palm. Wow, that, those are cute puppies. Tough to think about the fact that the same fist... That could inflict damage on Marcus Foligno's forehead is holding a three-pound dog named Casserole. But he throws lefts, as Hal Gill said. He also holds puppies with his left. Luke Shen. And our final star of the Preds and Pups calendar. There are more players in it than this, but these are our three favorites. Cody Glass holding Panda. Panda is making what I can only describe as the derpiest face I have ever seen. Panda looks like she has a half- Philip Forsberg mustache. <laughs> only on the right side of her face. She only has half a stash. And then Cody Glass, with a smile as adorable as the puppy itself, holding Panda real close. <laughs> so get your Preds and Pups calendar, NashvillePredators.com slash calendar, or you can get it in person at the game. There's a little taste for it, and I mean, come on, you got to see it for yourself now, right? Well, the only thing that's, like, there's nothing better than puppies. Nothing. Puppies and Preds. Boom. Plenty more coming up here in Smashville. Our college night games are back beginning right after New Year's. Go to NashvillePredators.com slash college nights, college nights plural, to find your school's designated night. If you get the college night ticket package through that link, NashvillePredators.com slash college nights, you get a co-branded hat in your school colors, and we've already seen people wearing them from last year. Lots of cool Preds hats in different colors. This year, they feature a Preds script word mark on the front, which is, I've never seen this before. It's really cool looking, and it's in your school color. It has the school logo on the side of the hat. Really cool look in your favorite college's color. Will, will you be getting the Vandy one? I've got the one from last year. They, they sold out, so I almost don't want to deprive the people of them again. There is a limited number of these, but here are the schools we got. Tennessee on Thursday, January 4th. TSU on Wednesday, January 31st. Ole Miss on Saturday, February 10th. Ooh, and also Mississippi State on Saturday, February 10th. That could be interesting. Interesting. Ole Miss and Mississippi State together as one. Belmont on Tuesday, February 27th. Lipscomb, again, interesting. On that same night, Tuesday, February 27th, little battle of the boulevard, Belmont and Lipscomb. 
Western Kentucky, Big Red will be in the building on Thursday, February 29th. Best mascot in sports other than Nash. Big Red from Western Kentucky. Bama on Saturday, March 2nd. Auburn again on Saturday, March 2nd. Oh, man. We're bringing all the rivals together. Austin P on Tuesday, March 5th. Kentucky on Thursday, March 7th. Middle Tennessee on Tuesday, March 19th. And Vandy finishing up the season on Thursday, April 4th. NashvillePredators.com slash college nights. Get your ticket package to get your hand on those limited edition co-branded Preds and college hats. I see like five of those every game. And they stand out too because they're in your school color. I think it's so neat how far it's expanding, you know, to have it be, have it tied with Alabama, have it tied with Auburn, Mississippi State. It's uh, it's cool to see how far the Predators are, or our fan base is reaching. Our fan base is also reaching into other galaxies because Thursday, December 7th is Star Wars night. Woohoo! Go make some Star Wars jokes to Willie Donick. Are you a are you a big fan, Kara? I can't say I I don't dislike them, but I, I'm not an encyclopedia. I am a fan of the Star Wars ride at Disneyland, even though the <laughs> ride broke when I was on it and I still have not finished it. So I need to go back to California. You had to walk off the ride? I was escorted off the ride, yes. Wow. Even yes. This is a whole thing. You gotta use the fast pass, you gotta get on the ride. I was on the ride. It broke down, so I have not finished. So according to other people on the ride, I've missed the best part. Well, Vicky Woosley took down the Unabomber, but Kara Hammer <laughs> was on a roller coaster when it broke. So we've all done some pretty cool stuff on this week's POP. Not to brag. It's happening. All right, so get your calendar, get your college night tickets. NashvillePredators.com slash theme nights is where you can get those Star Wars tickets. One final shout-out for those of you listening to this in the first couple days after it comes out. Our next Bud Light official watch party is Sunday night, December 3rd at 5.30 for the Preds and Buffalo Sabres at T-Line, which is a curling establishment that also has a sports bar. I don't know if there will be curling going on, but go hang out with the Preds energy team Sunday night. The game is at 6. Get there at 5.30 at T-Line in West Nashville, near the Nations, for the Bud Light official watch party, Preds and Sabres. And maybe you'll get to curl. Who knows? No guarantees. I legitimately don't know. But T-Line's a cool spot over there. Yeah, curling is awesome. We'll take a break, come back with our interview of the week as we go into the wilderness with the Preds players. She's Kara Hammer. I'm Max Hers. Get your dog calendars, people. NashvillePredators.com slash calendar. It's the POP on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast, Kara Hammer and Max Hers. And Max, I was feeling very islandy. It's winter time. I'm dreaming of sunny days ahead. But uh, I had a lot of fun with the guys during gladiator shoots. It's like the one chance before the season starts where you can ask kind of silly questions and get to know them. And I had the opportunity to ask some of the guys if they were stranded on a deserted island, what teammate would they be stuck with? And they literally blew me away with this answer. I have to say Cole Smith. Um, he's he's probably like the most savvy out in the wilderness. He's big, big into hunting. Um, I'm sure he can light a fire. So um, that's pretty important to survive. So I think I'll pick him. I'd say Cole Smith because he's uh, 
essentially a hunter-gatherer. We'll say that, we call him primal for a reason. Eats raw, raw meats and all that disgusting stuff, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with him. Cole Smith, because he, I feel like he would keep me alive. I would probably bring Cole Smith just because I know he has the confidence that we could get out of it, and I'm not sure if he's got the knowledge for it, but he's got the confidence, and that would uh, just uplift us both, and we'd find a way out. I'd probably say Cole Smith, um, just because he's an outdoorsman. So now, literally every guy has picked Cole Smith. Yeah, I know. Does he eat raw meat? Like, what's happening? <laughs> he eats raw meat. I mean, liver. This guy is like super, like outdoorsy, fishing all the time. Pretty much lives in the outdoors. I wouldn't be surprised in the summer. He just lived outside. So, um, having him on my side there would probably be good. So he maybe like have a career on that Survivor show after. 100%. I think he would be up there for one of the top contestants. Cole Smith, the Brainerd, Minnesota native, a.k.a. hockey player and hunter-gatherer. Literally everyone agreed. It's Cole Smith. So some of the other guys picked were Tyson Berry. Um, they said they could survive on the island based off of humor alone. <laughs> that is not very practical. It's not practical. They would just laugh their way through the situation. But... Um, you know, I think one or two of the guys also said Tommy Novak because he's a great fisherman. So that that's what it comes down to, Max. Who's going to provide the food? Well, Where is the food coming from? Cole Smith can definitely fish. And the guys we heard from in that video that aired on Preds TV this week were Colton Sissons, Dante Fabro, Roman Yossi, Tommy Novak, and Cody Glass were the ones who all said Cole Smith. And we know he can fish. Uh, last year on the dad's trip, we met Cole's dad, Tom, who is a boat captain in northern Minnesota, on the lakes up there. So it's the family business. There we go. Being an outdoorsman. So there is a career for him. Maybe he'll have his own channel on the outdoor show. That would be awesome. I would watch it. Yeah. Well, we've already got him on TV, so <laughs> it's the next logical step. That's all the time we've got for today. Thank you so much to Vicki Woosley for joining us. Thanks to you guys for being back with us and having some fun. Reminder, we've got a Smashville live show this coming Wednesday, December the 6th, with two Preds players at Brewhouse 100 in Bellevue from 6 to 7 p.m. on 102.5 The Game. We hope to see you there. Hope to see you at Bridgestone Arena for some home games this week as well, including the return of Tanner Janot on Thursday against the Lightning, which we will talk about on the podcast the next day. She's Kara Hammer from Preds TV. I'm Max Hurz from Preds Radio. This is the Predators official podcast on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Did I mention Philip Forsberg was hot? 